Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of June 18, 2012. This is episode 153. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. With me today in studio are, as per usual, Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And uh, Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. And we have a special guest with us today. Woo-hoo. Missy, Missy, you prefer Missy? Yes. Missy Berggren. Hi. Hi. Thank thanks. you for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm going to read your official bio. Okay. Okay, ready? <laughs> Missy Berggren <laughs> is the brand manager at Alina Health, the largest healthcare organization in the Twin Cities. Now, isn't it the largest healthcare organization in Minnesota? Uh, some would argue that. Yeah. Depends on how you define it. <laughs> okay. I think I've argued so that, so safe. we'll go with it. All right. All right. That works. You are there currently leading the rebranding of the organization to its new name, Alina Health, which we'll get to in a little bit, which we've talked about on this podcast. Missy is also a co-founder and director of the Minnesota Blogger Conference, the strategic planning director for the popular social media breakfast of Minneapolis-St. Paul, and also serves on the board of directors for the Food Allergy Support Group of Minnesota. In her spare time, no, just kidding. (laughs) In the social space, well, there's more. Missy is known as the Marketing Mama. So on Twitter, you can follow her at (laughs) at Marketing Mama on both Twitter and your parenting blog, marketingmama.com. You also write a marketing-focused topic, a marketing-focused blog, Marketing Insights and Inspirations at melissabergren.com. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. That's awesome. That's cool. Thank you. It's now, good a lot. I'm it's fun. You, <laughs> it's good stuff. I'm going to put you on the spot right from okay. the start. Do you consider yourself a mommy blogger? <laughs> I am a mom who blogs. Yes. <laughs> so you've never heard our podcast, right? I have not. This is a uh, kind of an ongoing running gag because uh, my stated uh, my stated position is I'm all for moms who blog and the value they bring to blogs and potential value they can bring to health systems. Or any and all any parent, for that matter. Any parent. Males, yes. you know. mm-hmm. But I loathe the title mommy blogger. Yeah. In fact, you know, we've talked about this at the Minnesota Blogger Conference, and where it seemed like a number of us landed, both men, women, sports bloggers, parenting bloggers, corporate marketing bloggers, all different types of bloggers, we all found this really neat place where we called ourselves writers. Mm-hmm. We're writers. We write about what's mm-hmm. important to us. I really fall into that camp. My blog that is more focused on parenting issues also talks about family events around town and popular topics and healthcare issues. And uh, my marketing blog talks about marketing things and book reviews and things like that. So really, it's all over the board. And I don't like to narrowly define myself in mm-hmm. that term, mommy blogger. Yeah. It's, it kind of makes me a little bit sick when everybody <laughs> refers to a group of women as mommy bloggers. Yeah, yes. We're people who write. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You must know Eric Hansen. I think I saw that on your yes. deal. So Eric has a blog about blogging. Yes. So he would be a blogging blogger. It's like an infinite. <laughs> it is. It's a mixture. It's like one of those right. time-space continuum things. Conversation. So Eric is the co-founder of the Minnesota Blogger Conference with me. We joined forces a couple of years ago and pulled off the first one and had a great time. We've since become good friends. We've had our second conference, and now we're working on the third one. So it's pretty cool. So oh, neat. Yeah. Eric is a former guest on yeah, this podcast. It's been a while. Podcast. I heard that. A long yeah, time. A yeah. Ago. He was the one that... Well, this isn't fair to Adam, but Eric's the one that pushed me onto Twitter years ago. And Adam had been trying to push me, and of course I ignored Adam. <laughs> but then Eric's like, you really should try it. And I got on a t- 
tweet chat. And I'm like, wow, this is addictive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric's very convincing. So yeah. that's cool. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm just not on, are you a frequent Twitterer? Yes. I tweet a lot. In fact, I would say next to Instagram, Twitter is my favorite platform Okay. for many different reasons, mm-hmm. but Twitter is the one that I access the most. And my latest theory on this, which, you know, changes all the time, but my latest theory is that it's as our time becomes more compressed, mm-hmm. I personally, and I think many Americans, are we gravitate towards the more succinct methods of communication, texting, tweeting. So I... Um, if I may, I used to get a lot of satisfaction about, I'd have a topic in mind and I would go to my blog and I would like spend an hour writing this big, long blog post. I would get this great satisfaction. A few people might leave comments and I'd be like, wow, that was really gratifying. And then I joined Facebook and I would have a similar thought and I would take two minutes and I would write it out. People would reply and we'd have this discourse. Wow. That was really satisfying. Now I have the same thought. I like write half a sentence on Twitter. (laughs) Like, you know, I feel the same sense of gratification. I am, you know, Mm -hmm. I engage with people. I get their opinions. I write back 99% of the time and I feel the same sense of satisfaction. So it's interesting how I've noticed that change for me. And I Mm -hmm. think that I've seen, you know, when people ask, will blogging continue? Yes, I believe it will. But to a point it's changing and evolving as the other platforms kind of move in right yeah it's yeah. fascinating to i mean it's it's interesting to look at yourself and see how you evolve into which platform I mean, I, for me the one that i gravitated toward was path okay. um because i was a little more twitter-esque in nature in terms of just short succinct messages um but just the kind of the more private nature of it i mean i use twitter for a lot of stuff too but like that's the one that i tend it kind of replaced instagram for me a little bit too mm. just because i kind of like the more private nature of a lot sure. of the photos and it's got the similar filters and you got fun with it but yeah, I don't know what it was about it, but probably the, the more private nature of it, I think. Mm-hmm. But I that said, that. I use the other ones too. So, What about you, Jackie? You never got onto Twitter. Do you use Instagram? Yeah, I never really got into Twitter. I do love Instagram. That's one of my favorites. <coughs> I don't post photos super frequently, but when I do, I... I got a cute one last I night, I like though. it, yeah. I Pin- did one last night. What about night, Pinterest? Of my niece. Oh. Um. <laughs> your knees? Your knees. Your knees. <laughs> Niece. Just take random pictures of my knees and put them on (laughs) Instagram. Well, you never know. (laughs) Um, Pinterest, I've just tried to get into, and I just really can't. It hasn't taken off for me yet, but I can definitely see the value in it. Maybe if I'm planning a wedding or something, but right now nothing's really that interesting for me to be posting about on there. (laughs) And Missy, you said Twitter and Pinterest or Twitter and Instagram? Instagram. Instagram. Okay, okay. I've also been embracing Foursquare lately, a few years late to the game, but I finally decided to give it a good try. And I've really enjoyed it, so that's cool. Um, Pinterest I found interesting, and I gave it a really good try, but I found I was too distracted, and I didn't Mm -hmm. stick around. I didn't feel compelled to keep coming back like some people do. Yeah, same here a little bit. What's your favorite? I don't have a favorite. Where do you go? Facebook. What's your instinct? No, I do check Facebook, but I I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any of them that are like, ah, LinkedIn. You guys haven't mentioned that. I probably check LinkedIn as much as Facebook. Really? I do. There you go. Oh my I gosh, do. I'm never the last time I checked LinkedIn was last week, so that I go in and update my password after the whole. <laughs> did you know? Which did you see did? some of the articles, like the backlash from that? The, a lot of the backlash—backlash. Well, backlash, I don't know if that's the right word, but people were saying, uh, "You know, thank God somebody knows my password because I don't." The, the, the point was, people don't care because they aren't using. A lot of people don't use it. Well, so, and the the thing too is, it wasn't necessarily a, a security breach from the standpoint that people could access your account. 
um, it, they, it, it was a list of the hashes of passwords, which is, for the most part, unusable. Unless they actually had the names and would post those. If they could at a try to, if time. they could, yeah. But anyway, it was. I don't think that. I don't think any actual breach of security, right. aside from however that list got out of, of their database. Of, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a breach. That's right. a I don't think anybody's information was compromised beyond that. I don't think anybody logged in right. and did malicious things. Mm-hmm. None, nonetheless, I updated my password. Yeah. Me too. Me too. All right, so let's talk about Missy and Alina. So I'm going to give a little background. I think people have listened to our podcast religiously, and there are six, seven people. <laughs> There are some people. <laughs> More than that, come on. There's some people. So, so we started talking about Alina Health when y'all announced that the name changed. And we have been advocates for health and wellness as a brand foundation for hospitals and health systems for about four years plus. Uh, and so the press release and the story, I think it was the CEO talking about, we're never going to open another hospital again. Uh, this is about the transition from treating people who are sick and injured to keeping people healthy. Mm -hmm. And we said, okay, on one hand, we love that. On the other hand, you know, it's easy to change your name, easy to change your logo. You really got to, I think it was Adam put that point, you know, they've got to show us that they're actually living that, right? And so then, uh, I don't know how much later, saw your full page ad for the, uh, what's it called? Neighborhood Health Connection. And I loved it because that, again, speaks to, building your brand through health and wellness, kind of help complete that circle. Okay, well, now they are actually going out in the market, you know, not just talking it, but walking it. Uh, and I have used that ad when I've spoken for the last month. I mean, it hasn't been out that long, at least the one I saw, uh, but a number of conferences. And when uh, either hold it up and say, this is what I'm talking about, this is what I mean about building your brand. Um, notice how they're not touting their doctors. Notice how they're not touting, beating their chest about how great they are. And I did that at a recent, the mission conference, which was when, Jackie, you're on the board? Um, <laughs> a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago. Yeah, late May. And I, and I said, because this is in Minnesota, and I said, is there anybody from Alina in the crowd? Because I'm going to give you kudos for this. And there was, I think, one person, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, we were talking about, you know, we should have somebody from Alina to talk about this. And literally the same day, Missy, you tweeted me. And said, hey, I heard you said something nice about Alina. We should talk. And it was just fate. And then it turns out that Missy is behind both of those things in a significant <laughs> way. So we couldn't find anybody better to talk about this. So what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the brand change? Because we, we've been in branding for a long time. And we know, you know, I think you could share some insights about how it came about, what your struggles were. Because it is, I said this in the last podcast, branding and measurement are still the two top pain points for healthcare marketers, Mm -hmm. even with reform, even with all the other things, digital, those are the two biggies. Uh, So I'm sure people would love to hear about how you got to the point of announcing a new brand. But we also want to talk about this wonderful campaign. So where do you want to start? Let's start with the organizational name change that predated the Mm -hmm. Neighborhood Health Connection, but they fit together in terms of how we communicated the name change. So we can, so let me start with the first part. I've been in healthcare marketing for quite some time. I started at the Hazelden Foundation. That's where I started my career. I was with them for 10 years, and I was lucky enough and, um, you know, really blessed to have the experience of being a part of their branding, rebranding that they did 
I don't know how many years ago now, because I'm now officially old and I lost track of years. <laughs> so at a certain point, you just can't keep track anymore. Uh, they had kept their name, but they had a complete change in logo, mm-hmm. color palette, the way they communicated about mm-hmm. themselves. Their old logo was very traditional. The new one had like upper and lowercase mixed letters and bright reds and green, orange. It was really different. And so I was lucky enough to be a part of that process mm-hmm. that really grew me for this experience with Alina Health. The, um, the impetus for the change was really, if you look all the way, if you look big picture at the healthcare economy, we know that things are changing and it's shifting and we're getting, all of us are getting pressure on us about reimbursement and not keeping people in the hospital longer than you need to Mm -hmm. and being responsible and good citizens and taking care of people when they're sick. But we're being challenged to figure out how to keep people healthy and out of the hospitals in a, in a prevention way. And so we have some, well, we have a lot of great services at Alina, not only the hospitals and clinics, but we have all these great other types of care, such as the um, Sister Kenny Rehabilitation Institute that provides physical therapy and rehabilitation services, and the um, Penny George Institute for Health and Healing, mm-hmm. which is really a leader in integrative medicine that does things like yoga and acupuncture and healing, uh, um, what's it called, aromatherapy and things like that in the, pa- in the rooms with the patients, but also for people off the street who are looking for those kinds of prevention um, and, and holistic services. We have the pharmacies. We, we just have mm-hmm. so many great things within the organization that the term hospitals and clinics do not describe who we are today because we're so much more than just hospitals and clinics. So that's one thing that we were looking at. The second thing was this. Uh, well, I went backwards. The one thing, the first thing was the reimbursement. The second thing is, does this really describe who we are and where are we headed? We're headed towards this trend of trying to figure out how to keep people healthy and and um, not needing our services when they're sick, but how can we help them to be healthy and get healthy? So that's those are the two main drivers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I've been aware of. So our we started to go down this path. Our official legal name is Alina Health System. Mm-hmm. Our DBA, the doing the business as name, is Alina Hospitals and Clinics. So Alina Health is not too far from our original legal name. Right. And and some other people before me said, you know, we should maybe we should just be Alina Health. Maybe that would describe who we are. And so there was this process that started a few years ago, and it worked with a local agency and started to build out what that brand would look like, including a logo and that name change. Mm -hmm. And it got all the way to a certain point of almost pulling the trigger, and it was put on hold. (laughs) So the reasons were we had a new leader, a CEO named Ken Paulus, who uh, had a vision of where he wanted to take the organization, and he wasn't quite sure that we were ready to name ourselves Alina Health yet. Could we really stand behind it? Mm-hmm. Could we prove it and stand on it? And uh, so he asked to put it on hold. And, you know, that was a really big move for him to do that mm-hmm. to the yeah. organization. And he jokes today that he was he was worried if that would be a career-limiting move because <laughs> he was like, but he felt so strongly about it. And that's one of the things I appreciate about him as a leader. So um, at this time, I was working at Unity Hospital, which is one of the lineas um, for metro hospitals. We have 11 hospitals um, as a whole. So I was learning about hospital culture. I was working with the individual programs and really, uh, you know, the patient experience and day-to-day hospital operations. Mm -hmm. So I had that background to bring with me when we were ready to make this change. And they asked me to come to the corporate office in at Alina Commons, which is in Minneapolis, and to help lead this transition of when we were ready about three years later. 
I'm going to pause there because I feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> no, that's not, no, it's, and so, bring, so that brings us up to when? Last year sometime, I would assume? Yeah, January of, let's see, we're in 2012. So January of 2011 okay. is when I started the work. And we had brought on a new agency named Campbell Ewald. We're mm-hmm. working with their Detroit office. They have a few different offices. And our um, they were... They interviewed with a number of key stakeholders. We chose them because they really inspired us with the work they did for Kaiser Permanente in Mm -hmm. California. So if you're all about health and wellness Mm -hmm. campaigns, you know that Kaiser Permanente uh, Permanente has done an awesome job with the Thrive campaign. And Campbell Ewald really was part of the magic, that that Mm -hmm. glue that brought that together. So we were inspired by them. We interviewed a few different groups, and they were the ones that we chose to lead us down this path. Mm -hmm. So I began working with them in January. Uh, I managed that account relationship for Alina Health. I'm still trying to get used to saying Alina <laughs> Health instead of Alina. And uh, we began a very uh, research-based process of, one, confirming that Alina Health was the correct name. Is that really the right decision for mm-hmm. us? Or is there something we're missing or some reason why that wouldn't be the right decision? And then, two, was what does the market need? What do our internal stakeholders need, what to the external patients, community, et cetera, uh, and find out what all of those different pieces were. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of market research. We did a lot of internal research with the physicians, everything from focus groups to all employee surveys to um, anthropological studies out in the field to community surveys where people could digitally you know, sign on from mm-hmm. home and take surveys, all to gauge preference, to learn what they were looking for in a healthcare system, and to see where we were possibly missing the boat. And it was a really long, detailed <laughs> process that resulted in really valuable information for us to be able to build a new brand. Sure. So were you here in the 80s? Were you here in the market in the 80s? Uh, no. no. Okay. <laughs> What's interesting is, I wasn't either, but I just know the background a little bit. And maybe this was the 90s, but I think it came out of the HMO era, but it, it was the 90s when this shifted. The big systems in town all started changing their names. Alina Health System, Fairview Health System. And then there was a big backlash. System was bad. You don't want to mm. be a system. Uh, and I don't know if you guys are around for this, but our, our attorney general at the time went after Alina um, which is fascinating to me because he went after Alina because Alina and the number two insurer in town, Medica, was one company. And he didn't like that intimate relationship. And now that's like the model for success. That's integrated healthcare, <laughs> right? He destroyed that at Alina. Nice work. But but there was this, like, everybody pulled off. So Alina became Alina Hospitals and Clinics. Fairview Health System became Fairview Health Services. Uh, and now we're seeing another shift, not necessarily going back to the old way, but... Uh, we're seeing this across the country, mm-hmm. both from a unified branding perspective of folks pulling together, but also announcing name changes for the very reasons you just articulated, mm-hmm. trying to demonstrate that we're not just about inpatient care or even inpatient and outpatient care, but the whole holistic right. approach. Well, and our positioning is not only 
that we want to help people get healthy and stay healthy. That's a really big part of the new essence of the brand. But we're also still very focused on providing excellent acute care to mm-hmm. people who need that. Like that hasn't changed. We're not all of a sudden just the fluffy prevention healthcare <laughs> organization. Like we do, we still do acute care very well. We do brain surgery and cancer treatment and many other things. Yep. The um, the third piece that we find really uh, that we're, there's a lot of passion around is what you're seeing with the neighborhood health connection, which is the community engagement piece with the prevention and with just being of service to the community. Yeah. So what you've started to see with neighborhood health connection is one of many <sighs> campaigns. Isn't the right word for my world. It's a campaign because I'm doing the marketing campaign for it, but for an organ for the organization, it's a community feature. It's community spotlight that we're trying to uh, move the health of the community in a meaningful way. So the neighborhood health connection, uh, what you saw with the ads was really a call for applications where we said to people, we mm-hmm. want to help you at the neighborhood level. We know that people who know their neighbors and hang out with their neighbors, talk with their neighbors, look out for each other, actually are healthier and happier. There's research to prove that. And so how can we help facilitate that? We can help neighborhoods come together if they're not already, or we can help people um, strengthen the relationships that they already have. So this neighborhood health connection if you apply, you can get three different, and actually applications are closed now, so I should say if people applied, um, <laughs> they were eligible for three different things. One is uh, health care screenings, free prevention screenings, where we come out to you and your community. We have this beautiful uh, wellness mobile wellness center that's like an RV that's mm-hmm. equipped kind of like a blood mobile and we can do these screenings where we can check your cholesterol and your you know certain different biometrics to see how healthy you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second piece was a pedometer fitness challenge where you could say hey me and 10 of my neighbors are going to join together and have mm-hmm. a walking group and Alina will send you a pedometer for each of those people at, for free of course and then you can sign on to this website that we're partnering with and you can log in and track your fitness goals and move your health together as a group mm-hmm. and then the third component is free grants that's kind of a silly way to say free grants um, free money <laughs> um, mini micro grants to support healthy activity ideas so it might be that you have a um, an area in your neighborhood or community that could be a garden and you could apply to Alina that we would give you money to fund your startup costs of seeds, mm-hmm. some shovels, some irrigation materials just to get it kicked off and then mm-hmm. you would continue it on. So we have uh, closed the entries as of last week and I just pulled the numbers before I came here so I could give you guys a snapshot. This is really exciting. Um, we received uh, more than 400 applications. Wow. And we only had it open for a short period of time, like a month or five to six weeks. And um, some of them were neighborhoods. Some of them were community organizations on behalf of a neighborhood. And not everyone requested funding. Some applied for all three categories, some just one or two of them. The, uh, we far outreached the avail- – how do I want to say this? We won't be able to serve everyone who applied. Right. Like, we only will have – X number of pedometers, but we received uh, applications for many more than than we even expected. So we have this committee that's going to look through all of the applications and make some decisions. Um, we've broken down the number of the number of applications by region of where Alina has services, so mm-hmm. that we can target by region and connect people up as appropriate with you know volunteers from Alina to be in that 
appropriate region. So yeah, it's really exciting. And um, the selections, let me see here. The selections will be, I think it said for next week is when they're going to make the selections. And then, oh, in the next few, I'm sorry. We will be making notifications on Friday, so that's this week, and expect <laughs> the projects uh, we are funding to start in the next few weeks, depending on the project. So screenings will happen throughout the summer. The pedometer challenge will kick off in July and end in August. So there's uh, all of them have a little bit different time frame. Right. But it's really exciting. Yeah. So the Neighborhood Health Connection is one piece of it. And then there's some more cool things I can tell you about, but do you have questions about the Well, I just want to applaud that. I mean, yeah. I just love that. You know, in, we've worked with organizations to build wellness programs uh, and they can come at all different types of levels they can come at communication level or promotional level or you know what's great about that is it's really deep really rich you know and of course it's going to help people it's going to help people in the communities it's going to make people healthier but from a marketing standpoint it's just kick ass Mm -hmm. i mean that's true engagement of audiences Uh, and this is what we rail for against the billboard i mean that is like i would pit everything you just said against the billboard as like polar opposites right right night and day black and white everything you just said billboard right so that's why i love it which one wins (laughs) so how do you feel about billboards chris you really want to there's a lot of people in town who do billboards i know that we've done them before i know and they of course they have their place but they're they're overused and misused and yeah Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you the marketing for this campaign for to communicate about Neighborhood Health Connection was one of uh, the most exciting and fun challenges that our team has had in quite a while. It was really exciting. Um, I pulled a little list from, our, from my plan um, of all the different folks that were involved. We had um, a web team that built this amazing mm-hmm. uh, website. If you saw the neighborhoodhealthconnection.org, mm-hmm. really awesome standalone uh I don't even want to call it a microsite because it's pretty right. packed uh, with stuff. Great content. Yeah. Um, so we had them build that from scratch in a very short time frame. The uh, the advertising, we worked with Campbell Ewald, our advertising and branding partner. So they mm-hmm. helped us build that ad that you saw mm-hmm. in the newspaper that you hold up. Uh, we also had... Uh, a PR team and an event team because we held a number of kickoff events mm-hmm. to communicate about the program. So the um, the big one that you might have heard about or seen in the ad was at the Minneapolis Farmer's Market. What a great place to kick off a health and wellness campaign yeah. for a yeah. health organization. It was mm-hmm. really neat. So we had a few tents, but what was the focus was all the different activities that demonstrated things you could do in your neighborhood. So there was a direct connection with Neighborhood Health Connection. So there was, um, we had a stage with some demonstrations going throughout the day, Zumba for fitness, um, trying to remember what else they did. There's belly dancing. There was a kids gardening area. There was um, a CSA table to learn about community agriculture, mm-hmm. community supported agriculture. And just, I could go on and on of all mm-hmm. the different things that were there. The neat thing is we gave away these really cool trinkets uh, specialty items. Did you hear about what we gave away there? No. It was in some of the news coverage. We had great news coverage for this event. Um, we gave to the first 500 attendees a wellness kit. So, you know, hospitals are notorious for giving away first, first aid, aid kits, right, right. right? But what we did was we turned that around. We gave away wellness kits. The packaging was a green nylon uh, reusable farmer's market type bag right. like mm-hmm. you would take to Whole Foods and go grocery shopping. And inside... 
I'm trying to picture it in my head. There was a pedometer, a jump rope, some gardening seeds of like tomatoes and cucumbers and uh, some carrots and some recipe cards. So once you grow your vegetables, you can like make veggie quesadillas with them. Um, We had uh, an exercise stretchy band (laughs) for stretching and movement and... I feel like I'm missing something else. But, you know, you can tell all yeah. the items yeah. in there are to support people in their health and wellness. So we gave away 500 of these. I was praying that we would use them all, that we would have 500 <laughs> people that right, would right. come to the event. And we even said one per family because we didn't want, like, every family, you know, like, that might go through yeah. it too quickly. Right, so we're right. trying to pace it out. Well, I think it was the event was... <laughs> Four hours and two hours in, we were we were yeah. out of these wellness kits, and there were plenty of people who had seen them on TV. Like the morning shows were like, "Look at this great wellness kit that you can mm-hmm. get from Alina Health." So, anyhow, we gave them out, and we had our um, volunteers were like taking out the pedometer, showing people how to use it, putting it on them if they were okay with it, um, and getting them started right away with like, "What does this mean? And what's a good goal for a pedometer step?" It was such a neat experience. Yeah. It was really cool. That's great. It sounds like it. Yeah experiential stuff and real stuff real engagement again not a billboard mm-hmm. yeah so so did you get so the organization obviously made a decision at a high level to go down this path given the name change yeah. i mean that's about as public as it gets uh, but do, you know have you i would assume there are some folks internally who are like what are we doing or why are we spending our time or money on this um, they might have md after their name or FO in their title. I don't know the CFO of Alina. I'm being, I'm being He's a really great cliched guy. and stereotypical. But, you know, are, are you getting any of that? I mean, are folks going, hey, this is all great, but where's my, where's my billboard for general surgery? Right. Well, remember that this was a really long, slow process for us. So mm-hmm. that helps communicate a need how we can engage people in that process. Like, remember I talked about the physician focus groups? That was really important. It gave many of them an opportunity to share what's important to them, where do they think we need to go. They all have opinions about marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is ask. (laughs) They all have worked at other healthcare systems or come from Mayo or have really strong feelings about Mm -hmm. what we're doing well and what we're not. So it was a great opportunity to engage them and listen. Uh, My director, David Canahan, and I worked really closely with Ken Paulus, our CEO, and still do. We have regular meetings with him where we talk about all these different issues. And engagement is at the top of the list. And we've had the brilliant support of the CEO, Ken, as well as the entire senior leadership team, which is comprised of the presidents of all the hospitals within Alina Health Mm -hmm. and um, many of the executives of, you know, key business areas, HR, finance, et cetera. And so we've had a regular audience with this group where we've been able to talk with them about, so we're doing this research and here's what we learned and we want you to know about it. And then they're engaged and they're able to take that message back. Um, when, we had the, when we had the logo uh, decisions to make, we shared many different versions of logos with that team and involved them in the process. Mm-hmm. And each of them have a really big job of helping to set the tone within their individual mm-hmm. business units, right? And so they were very engaged and, and still are to this day. So we've continued to work with everybody and make it a very collaborative process. Certainly there are people who ask, no matter which side of the fence we're on, uh, are we spending money in the right places? Which is a good question, and mm-hmm. we're glad that they ask that. Mm-hmm. Or um, are we spending enough money, or you're spending too much money? You know, everybody has questions and opinions 
um, and we welcome that because we're a very um, we're an organization that is really built on doing the right thing and having integrity with our actions. And so everything that you've seen with this new branding, with this Align Health piece, is really built on solid, uh, not only research, but intention, solid intentions by people who want to do the right thing and who believe we have an obligation to our patients, to the community, to our nurses, to our doctors, and all the staff to treat people and to keep them healthy. Mm-hmm. But in the reverse, keep mm-hmm. them healthy and then treat them if they need it. <laughs> right. So it's a, it's a really great time in the organization because uh, people have welcomed the change. Good. And for the most part, I mean, I, <laughs> I tried to brace everyone that most of the time, if you have a logo change, the, the best you can hope for is a neutral right. reaction. Right. 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 You don't want people <laughs> to hate it. That there will be some people who do, but if we can get neutral, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, we were surprised to find that the, by far the majority of employees, physicians, nurses were head over heels in love with the new logo, head over heels in love with the new name. We were floating on cloud nine for a while. Oh, sure. Like, wow, they don't hate it. Wow, this is great. <laughs> people are like pounding down our doors. Can I have the new logo? Where's my new right. business cards? When can I start putting it on my voicemail? Like people are really excited and embracing the change. So we're excited about that. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that helps support one of the things we try to convey to clients. And I don't know if we talked about it too much on here, but change management and, so often when we're doing brand strategy work or, you know, we've done logo work and it's, you know, folks are like, well, you, you know, the C, the C folks are busy and they just want to see the final. And you're like, okay, it's not going to work. They need to be involved. Mm-hmm. We want, you know, the same deal. We share stuff in the beginning because what it does is it creates a sense of ownership mm-hmm. and folks are involved in making the decision. So when you end up at the final of whatever the final is, they were a part of creating that final. Right. Which then they're less likely to go, you know, this isn't me. I don't like it. It's brand new. Most people react to change as, ooh, I don't like it, no matter what it is mm-hmm. initially. And if you can lead them to that in a slow, collaborative way, you're much more likely to be successful in the end. Yeah. Right. So we've, we've it's had, always great to we've hear We've had that. physicians even submit logo ideas during some processes. Well, and that's the thing. We used to be. You. Yes, they yeah. did. We Which, used to be that way. We used to say, like, "Hey, we're the experts. Let us do our thing. We'll come, you know, tell you." And and inevitably, we used to do a lot more kind of identity work than we do now. But inevitably, somebody would have a napkin with a logo, and <laughs> and pretty soon we're like, you know, now not only do we not accept it, we invite it. Mm-hmm. We want, you know, we're naming something. We want names from everywhere. We don't care where the names from your sister, from your neighbor, from. Your four-year-old child. It doesn't matter. And the more the merrier, bring them in, contribute, and it goes through the filter like any name we would come up with. And if it ends up at the end, fantastic. Why? Why is that a bad thing? And so, right. But it also gives you that gives the opportunity to have that. Say it's a physician, have him, him or her involved, and he or she can see why their idea works or doesn't work. You know, and then at the end of the process, they they're not left with a great with their you know quote unquote great idea that didn't make it. You yeah. know, because they were included or whatever. You know, they actually got to be a part of the process, and they're not bitter at the end or less like bitter, a or heart less center bitter. heart center identity that has a heart in it, right? An actual heart, because that's what we should have in a heart center identity. <laughs> it's a heart center, literally a heart, like a cross section of a heart. That's a true story. An animated gift yeah. beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all awesome. I'm glad that uh, we get to hear from the source too, because that's yeah. it's so 
align with what we talk about all the time. And, and I think a lot of times it's easy from our seats to say, you should be, you know, you should be focused on wellness and doing these things. And, you know, you got folks on your side who are like, well, that's great, but I got Dr. So-and-so want my billboard and how do I get people to buy into health and wellness? And, um, and we're seeing more and more organizations go down that path, but it always helps to hear from folks that are actually in the mix going through it, leading it, uh, and who believe in it. Yeah. And it's helpful to have examples of people who are doing it well and people who are having success with it. So that, so that it's not just, you know, a a great idea. It's, yeah, people are doing this and it's working and not the Mayo Clinic and no, no slam on Mayo Clinic, but like social media, Mayo Clinic was like a leader. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember when, when, uh, Lee, the, uh, what's his last name? AC? I'm not sure. Ozzie, yeah. it. He's out there and he's just everywhere. I'm like, yes, you know, if they're out there, other people do it. And, and the Mayo Clinic has this effect on others and they go, well, that's the Mayo Clinic. We can't do that. And it like defeats the <laughs> yeah, purpose totally. of them leading. Uh-huh. Well, Alina, of course, is respected, but you know, you're a real health system. Others can relate to it. You're not, mm-hmm. I mean, you aspire to be a Mayo Clinic. You do many things as great as a Mayo Clinic. Don't take me wrong. <laughs> But we all know the Mayo Clinic's position, like Johns Hopkins. Right. And so I, that's the other part of it that I love is that there's nobody in the country who could look at what you're doing and go, well, we can't do that. BS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, the neat thing about this piece from the client side is the, uh, the interaction working with a completely set, fresh, of eyes, fresh set of eyes, the agency, Campbell Ewald, they've been phenomenal to work with. And um, the fact that they're actually a remote location from us, that they're not here in this market, gave them a really big objectivity compared to some of the local mm-hmm. groups. Yeah. Um, so it's been very beneficial to us, and they've challenged us and pushed us to think differently than we have before. And that combined with the leadership of um, you know our sea level folks and mm-hmm. our medical teams and everybody together has just created this kind of great magic of heading in the right direction and actually being able to carry through with it. There's um, a few, quite a few people. Our Marcom team is about thirty to forty folks spread out throughout the the organization. Many at the business unit, some at the corporate office. Um, we have an internal group of designers, a couple of videographers, and and other folks that all collaborate. And um, all of them have been involved in this process. It's you know I'm telling you about some of the high level things that we're doing, but mm-hmm. when you talk about the actual nitty gritty grind of how do you do the work and implement this yeah. brand change, we have um, one, two, three, four, five different teams in addition to the agency working on. This if I can just tell you a little bit about that. We have a print team that's led by Nancy Garner-Ebert. Nancy's um, a, oh, sure. a professional from Abbott Northwestern Hospital. She's been there 20-plus years. She's you know really solid, understands this market really well. So Nancy's um, leading the print team along with uh, the creative services. Our graphic design group is, mm-hmm. is a part of um, her management. So she's been doing a great job with the print team. We have... Uh, Trish Dewar, who is a Marcom professional over the Alina Medical Clinics, Coelho Clinics, and um, Aspen Medical Clinics. Mm-hmm. I'll report up through her for um, marketing purposes. And so she's leading our business 
team under the brand. So the business team looks at things like signage mm-hmm. and uh, so, <laughs> like there's so much to it. Forms, Forms yeah. Pro, uh, policies, all of those business functions, yeah. name change. Uh, even though we didn't change our DBA, there were some components of the business that had Alina in them that we needed to change. So like Alina Medical Clinic, Alina Community Pharmacy, Alina Medical Laboratory, and our um, medical transportation all need name changes that are legal name changes that we need to go through regulatory billing. You have some, you have some vehicles that I think are from the prior generation of Alina yes, out there. <laughs> Not the last one, but the it one takes so long. It takes so long to get Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. And we're right at the point. We have a process that we believe all of the rigs will be rebranded by, I want to say, September. Yeah, You're going to start seeing the first ones hit the street next month. So that's super fun working yeah. on that. So the vehicles went through that team as well. We have an interactive team led by Mike Nelson, who um, is looking at the internal, the external, all the um, Mm -hmm. apps that we have, all of the client interfaces and portals, the billing systems, the pharmacy labels, everything that has a logo on it that needs to be changed. But it's not just the logo, it's the name change, right? right? So all of those policies we talked about, can't just swap the logo, you have to go through every policy and switch out the name. Significant amount of work. Um, We have a PR team led by Terry Dressen. Terry uh, typically works her day job is at United Hospital is the marketing communications manager there. She also manages River Falls um, Area Hospital. And so she's been doing a great job working with our PR folks, uh, Gloria O'Connell and Tim Burke, Mm -hmm. who uh, have solid relationships with the media in town and working through this process from a PR perspective. They're very involved in that neighborhood health connection kickoff. And then Sarah Lusak leads our communications team, and she uh, has been with Alina for a number of years, and she's looking at both internal and external messaging around patients. What do patients need to know about right. the name change, and what you know, what do we need to put in the patient rooms? Mm-hmm. Anything? Let's talk about that. Do we need? What do we need to do with referring physicians who aren't a part of the Alina system and bring them along in the process? So her team's been looking over that, plus a significant amount of internal communication to employees on our intranet about FAQs about the brand change. Here's how to access the new fax form. You know, all of those different yeah. things. We just sent out a big communication recently about um, email signatures, and here's how to change your email yep. signature. It's okay to start using the logo. Here's how to do it. So yeah. uh, we have over 23,000 employees, and, and you could argue that many of them are very excited and want to use that new signature, want to use that new logo, want to get moving and when can I have my business cards? And so she's yeah. trying to manage all mm-hmm. that mix with the messaging. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to mention those folks. No. Oh, they've, yeah. they've really done a really big part of this work and I want to make sure that they all get a lot of credit for it as well. Again, okay. helpful for people to understand what's behind a name change, a brand change. And, yeah. uh, you know, people I think have an idea of the <laughs> ramification of it, but until you're actually in it, mm-hmm. it's really hard it's to think through all the million and one Artists, things. Yeah. The need to change, and that's a great, you know, a great organization of how to approach it. So, again, helpful for people to hear that stuff. Yeah. We have a couple of project managers that have been assigned to work with us, and typically, marketing communications folks, we manage our own projects, right? Like we know right. when our deadlines are, and we figure out the budget and we do it. Well, really big projects in the organization that have some type of financial commitment, 
uh, usually have a project manager. So we were given one this time. Actually, we were given two. So they help manage the budget, the timeline, yeah. keep us on track, give people nudges when needed. Um, so Michelle Arufo and Sarah Briscoe are our two project managers helping us. Uh, so that's been really useful. And then um, also I mentioned the agency. Obviously, they're doing a whole mm-hmm. huge amount of work. Right. And so I've been working directly with them. Yeah. A little bit going on. We've talked, uh, big picture is it's about a 12 to 18 month process for us to be able to do the majority of the work that we need to do. It's not overnight. We ask people to be patient with us. We're, you know, we have to do some prioritization Mm -hmm. in order to decide what to tackle first and what will have the most impact in a positive way on patients and what can we do to reduce confusion for people. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's fun, and it's for a really good cause, and yeah. so there's yeah. so much energy and passion behind it. It's pretty motivating. Nice, that helps. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank cool. you for sharing all that. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for giving me a space to talk <laughs> a little bit. About Fate all the brought us together. Yeah. That was perfect timing. Well, who was we, the woman who was at the at the mission conference? Rebecca Kendall Nelson. Okay. Rebecca is part of our web team. Okay. Uh, she manages our. She does a lot of the social media for Alina Health. Um, she builds web pages within the system, and she's part of the interactive team for the brand. And so she was at the mission conference, and she we sit next to each other, and she came up and said, "Hey, I was at this conference, and they mentioned Alina, and it was really cool." And so she was yeah. kind of funny because when I do that, because I've done that before, and I don't ever call anybody out in a negative way i'll call them out in a positive way but they don't know and so i'm like is anybody here from alina and she's kind of like because i want to give you credit but yeah. i didn't say that at first so she kind of half-heartedly rose her hand there rose raised rose risen risen rose her hand raised raised her raised right it's not definitely not rosed or rose I think raised. I think work. it's a raised. Yeah. Raised is fine. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, cool. That was awesome. I don't know if we want to get into reactants. I think we should save that. Probably. We're at about 40 yeah. minutes. It's a very cool concept, but we'll talk about it later. So any one last little thing? We, get, we covered the mommy blogger thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, good that we're all on the same page. Uh, maybe just a reminder of where, we can, where everybody can find you. Oh, sure. Uh, few, let's see. Uh, on Twitter, I can easily be found at marketing mama. Chris, you mentioned that in the beginning. I, um, that, yeah, that's really the easiest way to communicate with me. I'm pretty accessible that way. The, uh, I actually really am tired of emails and I wish everyone would just tweet me. (laughs) It's interesting. I haven't got there yet, but I know there are other people that are like, forget emails. Don't ever want to use emails. Yeah. They're usually like 15 though, but I think more people (laughs) our age, can I say our age? Your age is email is incredibly destructive of your time <laughs> that's what i'm talking about it really mm-hmm. is i mean it, it's it, it can be more much more harmful than it can be beneficial wow that's such a strong statement well you know i, I like um, tweeted this the other day i was like can everyone just stop emailing me and tweeting <laughs> instead and i got a response from um a friend of mine who is a great speaker have you um have you guys heard of patrick roan so he's an author and a frequent speaker in the Twin Cities and nationally. He just wrote a book called Enough. And uh, it's, it's essays about life and simplicity and ways to, uh, you know, determine what's important in life. Mm-hmm. And he just spoke at the, um, what was the cool event that I went to? <laughs> at the theater 
that I'm totally mind blanking on. So Patrick, <laughs> uh, so you can find him on Twitter, Patrick Roan, um, and the book is enough. And he, he wrote back to me right away and he said, I have some advice for you about email. We should talk right away. <laughs> The big thing is you need to turn off your auto feed, like to get your emails buzzing at you every five minutes. I turn mine mm-hmm. off on my phone, yeah. Right, on your phone. Oh, God, yeah. I did that as soon as yeah. I got my phone. Oh, yeah. I still see mine all day long, and then they just pile up, and yeah. I try and multitask too many things. So Patrick <laughs> apparently is the guru on how to manage your email, so he's going to teach me a few things uh, about that. Um, what was that cool, the greatest? Is that what you call it, destructive? I mean, email itself, the function is destructive or constant email constant interruption. Email. But like you can control like that. feeling like you're somewhat, well. Like we just talked can. about, you turn off your. I think a lot of people can't control it. I think oh, it's, I think oh, sure, it's sure. really gotten out of control for a lot of people. And they feel like they have to be a slave to it. That they, there's no option other than I to know. have it open yeah. at all times, all the time, whether they're working or not working. And feel obligated to respond to things immediately, and it, it makes it so that you cannot, you cannot devote yourself to anything else. So you can't, you can't focus for any length of time on right. things that you really do need to. I get just done. don't blame that on email. I, I like. I don't blame obesity on Doritos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a. But you know, can you blame it on McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> or pop. I mean, you can yeah. tax those I mean, things. You, that's you can look at almost. You can look at alcohol. You can look at anything and try to figure out where to point the finger. But you know, it all comes down to human nature and the how we interact with these things and mm-hmm. how habits develop. And once they develop, it's pretty damn hard to break them. Yeah. Um, another great person to follow on, on how destructive um, email can be is, <laughs> is, is Merlin Mann. Um, he's, he's got a number of, he's done a lot of stuff. The podcast he does right now is called back to work. And he's one of my favorites. So just to clarify before we wrap up, I'm, there's two distinct things here. There's email interruption, which is why I hear you talking about a little bit what you're talking about. Let me see. And okay. then there's just the, use of email and that's what i'm talking about we're we're like i think younger generation folks just don't don't even use it and not because it interrupts their lives because trust me they're on their phones all the time being interrupted by other things mm-hmm. yeah it's they think it's old it's old school it's not effective it's and that's the part i'm just i know i'm old but i don't well i think it's I'm not there i think it's not viewed as i mean although i view it as fairly instant communication i think that's probably a it's not, it's not viewed at that. It's kind of look, it's, it's viewed at, uh, people look at it, younger generations look at it like we would probably look at snail mail for, in, in some regards. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't write letters to okay, people. Okay, fair enough. You know, mm-hmm. some people still prefer See to. Because they're, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome to get a letter in the mail. I like to get letters in the mail. It's pretty fun. But I can't remember the last time I, I know, wrote I'm bloviated when I need to communicate, and that's my problem. <laughs> I, there's no way I could switch to just text and Facebook and Twitter. Because sometimes I need to write a couple of paragraphs. Oh, we know. Trust us. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of brevity, and which would be a nice way to say, let's wrap up. But actually, <laughs> what I want to say is, so this place that I heard Patrick speak at, Patrick Roan, about, who I mentioned about the email, was at Ignite Minneapolis. Are you guys familiar with yeah, that? I've heard, I've heard, that. heard yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So Ignite Minneapolis, super cool, uh, is an annual event. It's a it's an evening of five minute talks by many people who have uh, preset PowerPoint slides or you know mm-hmm. whatever slideshow you choose. They get twenty slides at fifteen seconds per slide, and they perform in front of an audience. And their slides are automatically advanced whether they want to or not. Every. So this must be a trend because Shushmid, the the national, whatever it stands for, but the biggie of healthcare marketing conferences, 
I think for the first year, because I was on their selection committee for some of the speakers, are having Ignite speakers. Okay. And I'd never heard of that before. I certainly didn't know that it was, you got 15 seconds and slide moves, whether you like it or not. That's is it a cool. national thing? It that, is a national okay. thing, and we have a great Minneapolis version of mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, Patrick Kuntz and Michael Roventine are the two leaders behind it. Michael is a friend of mine and kind of introduced me to it. Uh, and I've gone two years in a row. It's held at the Columbia Heights, the Heights Theater. And it's just a really cool thing. So, you know, if you told me that I was going to listen to a bunch of long presentations, even TED Talks, which can be really entertaining, oh, I love those. it's an investment in time, yep. right? The, the Ignite presentations are five minutes. So all you're giving up with a potentially yeah. bad speaker is five minutes. But really, <laughs> all the topics are pretty interesting. It's neat to see how people perform under pressure to watch oh, yeah. that slide switch. Um, and there's a really engaged audience. The tickets, like go and super fast they release them in batches that's a really fun event for people and what our kind community. of a crowd is it is it mostly communications type people or is it really kind of a broad it you know, sounds are, like spoken are, word but with a slideshow is it are the speakers kind of part of that communication circle or are there like entertainment type people there too or how does it i saw well i know there's a selection committee for the topics so they try and get a broad range of folks uh, and topics. The, they range from serious, like one, the series on mental health issues, the anxiety disorders, mm-hmm. and like how to watch out for your friends and intervene if needed, how to be supportive, all the way to how to prepare for a zombie massacre. Nice. And like That's serious. I thought exercises. you said they were serious and, and not serious. <laughs> <laughs> You've only given us serious so far. Well, it was pretty serious, actually. I was scared. So now I know how to prepare. Do the, sl- the zombie apocalypse. Do the sl- I mean, if, if I were to do this, my slides would not in any way convey any content. It would all be background supporting and images and, and ideas and nothing like, i got to make this point in 15 seconds because here comes right. another point. Right. Yeah. Is that what it is or is it both? Uh, it's both. Wow. I think you see a wide variety of people's skill levels in yeah. um, presentations, but mm-hmm. they're all you know, ready to give it a really good try and perform in under a lot of pressure in mm-hmm. front of a lot of people. And it's really a fascinating event. So most of, most of the people do a good job of keeping a content light on the screen. Right. Um, but have, are you familiar with the presentation Zen concept? No, it's kind of where, what you're talking about. It's a few years old now. And there's this book, I actually have the hard copy version of it. That's like, here's how to write presentations that are engaging. And you just have a big picture and maybe a word, not right. 12 bullet points full of, <laughs> you know, a chapter of a book. Right. So some people really get it. Some people don't, but it's a, it's a good experience. Right. So. Cool. That cool. kind of sounds fun. I should move more toward presentations then. That's how I speak, but I'd still have some bullets. I usually, usually like a you, quote. Well, you meditate for like two to three hours before every... <laughs> No, actually, during the presentation, during <laughs> yeah. I try to meditate for that at least half the meditation. Yeah, <laughs> I find that to be very engaging. People really enjoy that. All right, well, we, we probably ought to wrap it up. We doing all right over there? Mm-hmm. We pushing our Super Bowl? We're getting there. All right, I gotta keep going. Sure. <laughs> We've got Reese's peanut butter cups. We've got some energy fuel yeah. if we need it. Those are those are brief. It's creeping up to the end of the day. I don't know if Reese's can counter. Five o'clock hour. Really? God, you don't have much trust yeah, in Reese's. Yeah, but I've also got like monster energy drink coursing through yeah. my veins usually. I thought you were going off of those. Yeah. I tried. I'm, I'm mostly <laughs> He's back on I it. I tried. I tried. I tried. I tried. It didn't work. It didn't work. 
Oh, well. Well, thanks, you guys. It was really thank fun. Thanks yeah, for thank you. the conversation. Yeah, yeah thanks for joining fun. us. And we'll have you back. We say that every time. And I think we've had a couple of people back. <laughs> yeah. We do. Do they want to come back? That's the thing. No, we Issues. just... We ask them. They just don't We're respond. bad with guests. We were lazy. Okay. we I, don't... I just like having another woman in the room for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> I mean, I like these guys fine. But it's just kind of fun to have a, another female Kindred perspective. Spirit. Yeah, a little We bit. didn't really talk about women's stuff. Did we? No. But it's a woman's voice. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I could help with that. Yeah. I, know, I know some other women I can recommend to come in. Yeah. yeah. Have we had a female guest? That would be really bad if you're the Seriously? first. That would be really bad. I really that, think she is. No. Of we had her intern 150, This is our 153rd episode. And I would be, I would, we've got to have more than one female guest on That here would be horrific, now. but I'm trying to think and I can't. I mean, right. we had oh, our intern wow. who was... I'm woman. pretty sure we have. We'll have to go back and look. But I'm we haven't sure. had that many guests. We've had maybe a half dozen. Right. So yeah. that gets us off to our, to our credit. Okay. That's my well, challenge to you guys. Yeah. No, but yeah, if you have is. ideas, too, we would love to hear them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to challenge you to a 50-50 male-female ratio. Now on. <laughs> yeah. All right. We can, we can meet that challenge. Equality. Yeah. I think that's fine. Woo-hoo. So we'll have you back next time. We'll be okay. halfway there. I'll bring all my women friends. <laughs> Chris is just going to bail on podcasts from now on. Well, like, I'll just be you and Jackie. You guys, that's 50 There's something wrong about that statement where she says she's going to bring all her female friends and I'm going to bail. <laughs> we need to set the record straight, Adam. Okay. All right. Well, on we'll that sign note. Off. Yeah, we'll sign off now. So for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritacco. Adam Meyer. Melissa Berggren. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.